Good morning, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ. Today is the 29th of November, 2020, and it is the first Sunday of Advent. Our gospel reading, our text for today, is coming to us from the Holy Scriptures, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 to verse 25. The verse that I've singled out to share some thoughts with us for this morning's family worship service is verse 22. And verse 22 reads as follows. When he, and this is now Zechariah, the pre-Zechariah. When Zechariah came out, he could not speak to them. They realized that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, let us join together in prayer. Teach us your ways, O Lord, that we remain watchful and awake through lives of prayerfulness, for your words are always everlasting. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. In the name of Jesus, we pray this prayer. Amen. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, the theme of our devotions for this morning is visions. Are they still possible in this modern age? Visions, are they still possible in this modern age? And so I would like to start with a question this morning. Does vision still appear to people in this modern age? Most recently, for our Wednesday evening prayer meeting, One of our members based her sermon on the proverb, where there is no vision, the people will perish. A vision, she said, is very much in line with the realities of life, and that if we are content with the second best, the humdrum, the hand over hand, it will not be forgiven us. Some people call a vision a goal or a strategy or manifesto, but referring to any one of them, whether we refer to a goal, a strategy, or manifesto, it means that we are talking about a vision. And so a vision is the act of seeing what other people can't see. It is an imaginative perception of things, combining foresight with insight, with a clear grasp of what could be. I have thoroughly enjoyed her message as she spoke about how the proverb, where there is no vision, the people will perish, points us to an earnest quest for an alternative. But this is not what I would like to speak about this morning. Today I I want to speak about a different vision. A vision as it comes to us from the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 1 verse 22, which states, They realized he, and there is Zechariah, and so the sentence may read, They realized that Zechariah had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. Reading this text, we cannot but wonder Why modern-day people can't accept or cannot accept accept, accept, 
that visions can still take place amongst us. Or you may even ask the question, why modern day people can accept the fact that visions took place in the days of Old and New Testament times, but they are unwilling to accept that God can still appear to us, that God can still appear to his chosen ones in this manner from time to time. In fact, if we speak about the vision to people today, people look with a degree of skepticism to us. They are unwilling to accept that visions in the form of biblical times can take place today. People cannot conceive of the voice of God being heard in this manner anymore. People are skeptic about the fact that the Lord can still appear to us. One angel of the Lord can still appear to us in this kind, uh, in this way. In our text, it was the priest Zechariah's turn opportunity to serve at the altar of the temple. He would serve for a specified period, and after the completion of that period, he would return home. The text also indicates to us that the opportunity to minister at the altar was determined by drawing lots, and for some priests, serving at the altar may only come once in a lifetime. But we learn from our text that although the priest and Zechariah was serving the Lord, he was no longer living in that spirit of expectancy that the best for him and Elizabeth is yet to come. A spirit of expectancy is not something artificial or unnatural, but it is a product of a living and a positive faith in the goodness and mercy of God. And so we need to believe that God desires only the best for you and me. Believing this, that God only desires the best for you and me, our future will hold no fear, but our future will be bright with hope. Our future will be filled with joy. To strengthen this kind of belief is to know God and to have fellowship with God and to take God at God's word. It is then that our testimonies about the goodness and the mercy of God will be filled with joyful experiences. And although the priest Zechariah had a close and personal relationship with God and was aware of the presence of God in the temple, he was unwilling to believe that God is present in his personal situation. Our God cannot be confined to times of prayer. Our God cannot be confined to times of corporate worship only. God is present in every facet of life, waiting for you and me to turn to him and to recognize the bountiful generosity of God. It was Zechariah, it was the priest Zechariah's own needs that blinds the priest and separated him from God 
who alone was able to alleviate the suffering that he and Elizabeth carried deep within their hearts. They could not have children, and they prayed that God would divinely intervene in their lives and change the situation for them, that they can experience and enjoy the bountiful generosity of our God. In response to their prayers, an angel appeared unto Zechariah to announce to him that God had heard his prayer. An angel of the Lord appeared unto Zechariah to announce to him that God had on his mind to bless this God-fearing couple with a son and that they should call him John. John will go before Jesus Christ in the spirit and power of Elijah to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Such will be, or he will be rather, John will be the forerunner of Jesus and open the way for Jesus to go to the cross for you and for me. In prayer, the priest Zechariah unlocked the treasure house of God. And he knew that God can grant him whatever he asked for in prayer. But he sees a self-created obstacle in the way of God's answering his prayer. And so the priest had this to say to the angel, I am an old man, and my wife is well on in years. How can I be sure of this? Being in conversation with the vision, Zechariah also fell into the age-old trap, and that is that when we present a petition to God, somehow we cling to the thought that we cannot possibly see how God will answer our request, because there are just so many obstacles that stand in the way of God. This very kind of thinking created doubt in the mind of the priest, as much as it creates doubt in our own minds. How God answers your prayers, or even my prayers, and when God answers your my prayer, is not our concern, or it's not even our responsibility. All that we need to do is to believe and to trust God in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and to know that God will respond to our prayers and God will certainly address to your and my personal situations. The consequences of Zechariah's unbelief and view about Gabriel's possible, uh, possible idle utterance cost him his waste, and he was unable to speak until the day of the birth of his son John. The voice of God had come to the priest in a vision, God speaks to us in many different ways. And God can speak to us in visions in this modern age too. And when we obey God's voice, it propels us into a certain direction. Ignoring the voice of God means that there will be consequences for our disobedient spirits. Some time ago, God spoke to me in a vision. Yes, indeed, it was so. One morning, whilst getting ready to get uh, to go to the office, 
I decided to have a cup of tea before I would exit our home and left for the office. Switching on the kettle, it was as if I was switching on a movie. I suddenly saw a vision and was having a conversation with the vision. I posed various questions and got all the responses except the response to my final question. I had a deep desire to stay in that moment as long as I possibly can and just to be in that moment and experience that blessed experience at the time. Someone will pass away in family worship service. Who? I asked. It was not for me to know, was the response. What shall I do? As I have been in conversation with the vision, I've asked the question, what shall I do in that situation? And this is how you need to conduct the family worship service from that point on, the voice said. Will there be a sermon? There will be no sermon, but prayers are important for that moment, the voice said. What selection of songs will there be? And the selection, the voice respond by saying, the selection of songs will come to you. And so the entire week following that vision, I was just thinking about the vision which I have had on that Tuesday morning. I could not get the vision out of my head. And I began to plan the service as God instructed me to do so. Over and over, I thought about the service. Over and over I thought about what would happen on in service and how I would deal with that situation. One question that was never answered was my final question. My final question was, will this person be raised to life again? The answer did not come to me, but one person in service that morning said, that the prayers were so powerful that he thought that that person would be raised to life again. Those who were in that family worship service on that morning said that in the midst of death, the powerful presence of the Lord was most tangible. The person died in family worship service whilst we were sharing the peace with each other. Our greatest source of inspiration at all times and in any situation we encounter in life is the awareness of Christ's presence amongst us. When we continually turn to Christ as our trusted friend and we affirm the reality of his presence, our spirits are renewed and our hearts are filled with peace, just like the spirit of Elizabeth and Zechariah was renewed. The couple was lifted above their reasons for doubt. The couple was lifted above their reasons for despondency, so much so that Elizabeth said, In these days, God has shown his favor and had taken away my disgrace among the people. Verse 25. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, Christ is the life source that uplift our spirits and make life worthwhile for us, make life worthwhile for you and me. 
If you are today in a vulnerable position and are feeling that the light and even the life have gone out of your life, don't turn to false sources for refuge. Don't turn to false sources for upliftment. But believe that Jesus Christ can turn any defeat into victory, sadness into joy, and despair into hope. Jesus takes the bleakness of any adversity in order to show you and me and all people the glory of God. The greatest example of the mighty power of God was Christ's victory over sin and death. When your face today appears to be bleak, take time to consider what God has already done for you, his love and his concern for you. It is then that we cannot but see that in all things, God reigns supreme and God will never fail us. Never underestimate the power of prayer or the ability or willingness of God to answer your prayers. God may just decide to answer you in a vision. If you don't fully understand the answer, just allow Jesus to lead you into his wonderful way. As you continue to walk with Jesus, may your mind become sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. And all that you need to do is to listen and to obey. Glory be to God, our Creator, Savior, Liberator, and Friend, Jesus Christ, God's Son, and the Holy Spirit, our Upholder and our Guide. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, open my mind and my soul to you, and use me as you, as you will, and as I commit myself to you. And so we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen.